Welcome to Dialogue Out Loud. Uh, my name is Teresa Wellborn. I'm the poetry editor for Dialogue. Dialogue Out Loud is part of the Dialogue Podcast Network. Um, we're happy tonight to have two uh, wonderful poets join us. Um, in attendance is Abby Parcell and Janessa Ransom. Uh, by way of introduction, I would like to read a brief bio for each. Uh, Janessa, um, she is an MFA candidate at Leslie University in the Writing for Young People program with an interdisciplinary focus on poetry. She graduated from Harvard University with a degree in English and American Language and Literature. She lives with her family in Alpine, Utah. Um, okay, and then Abby Purcell, um, by way of introduction, she is a poet living in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. She is currently the amazing Exponent 2 poetry editor. Um, which is a journal and feminist space for women and gender minorities across the Mormon spectrum. So welcome, both of you. Happy to have you. Thank you. Great to be here. All right. Wonderful. Um, uh, we're looking forward to hearing you read, uh, each of you read your poems. Um, but let's start first by just having a little conversation about um, both of your journeys as uh, poets. Like, when did you start writing or uh, what are your influences, etc.? <laughs> Who would like to go? <laughs> Janessa? We can oh, go for it. I, okay, I'd love to go. Um, I'm kind of a newcomer when it comes to poetry. I've spent the last 20 years doing a lot of um, writing of young adult fiction novels, contemporary young adult novels, with critique groups and seminars and all of those things. And that's the focus, like you said in your, in your introduction of my MFA degree. But um, as part of those interdisciplinary studies, I, I jumped into trying poetry. And it has been such a joy for me to give myself permission to, I think I had a lot of fear around poetry, a lot of insecurity, still have a little imposter syndrome. But it has been so healing for me in a lot of ways to um, explore my thoughts and feelings through poetry and I've done a lot of intensive reading of poetry in the last couple of years, and it's just been a whole beautiful new world that I've begun to explore. Oh, that's wonderful. Okay. Uh, and what about yourself, Abby? Yeah, I've, I mean, I've got poems that I wrote in the third grade at Horseman Elementary in Atumwa, Iowa, thanks to my mother's diligent record keeping. So, Poetry has always been something that I've loved. Um, you know, the angsty poems that I wrote in high school and kind of what was opened up to me, um, you know, studying literature and poetry in college. And I think it has remained um, a, a place that I go to both um, to understand the world around me um, to find language to describe uh, what I'm feeling as, you know, reading other poets, and then also uh, to find out what I'm thinking. Uh, and um, I, it's a process of self-discovery, to be sure, and also um, a way for me to capture um, moments, you know, of either of interactions or with people and the world around me, um, a way of preserving uh, and understanding those experiences. Excellent. Thank you. 
Um, Janessa, I liked how you talked about giving yourself the permission to write poetry. And I do think it's a universal fear for many, even those of us who, uh, myself, like Abby, uh, writing since I was in elementary or middle school, you know, those angsty poems and those those uh, tidbits. So um, I also like how Abby said, um, like, you you write to understand what you're thinking. Sometimes, I, do you find that you have a clarity of thought when you get your uh, thoughts down on paper, like such a, a like a crystallized um, view, maybe of like, like you said, a few moments that are special or to capture things? It's yeah, and I think in some ways it's not always clarity, but um, a surprise to me that like oh I I didn't know that's what I was feeling or what I thought about that. Yeah, um, uh, Audre Lord calls poetry a distillation of revelation, and I think that that idea of concentrating experience and language really is. Uh, a great um, explanation of what it feels like. Yeah, very nice, very succinct. Thank you. Um, are there any specific poets, um, Janessa and Abby, both of you, that um, that speak to your heart? Maybe, maybe even more recently in in recent studies or readings, near or far. Yeah, I mean, I I recently did a lot of reading of Lucille Clifton, and she's such a brave poet, and the way she. Um, expresses relationships and place and her poems feel very grounded to me in place and in in body and i i loved that i i studied diane seuss and read her frank the sonnets poetry and you know just a, a whole new way of approaching poetry that i hadn't really um seen before um yeah and then you know, they're the classics that I just love to return to over and over, like, you know, Mary Oliver and um, Emily Dickinson and all my favorites. Excellent. Okay. Uh, what about yourself, Abby? Yeah, for me, I think ones that I return to and that helped me um, kind of begin to develop my own voice uh, are Maxine Cumin. Um, I love, uh, Joy Harjo, um, Joy's cool. uh, one of our recent poet laureate, poets laureate, um, and her ability to, um, connect her spirituality and, uh, history and ancestry and bring that into the present moment. Um, I've been thinking a lot about, time travel and language and how it allows us to bring past and future together. And um, she's one that does that really well. Um, Naomi Shihab Nye is another favorite of mine. Um, Rita Dove. Uh, there's, yeah, yeah so many. Rita had that poem about the hips, right? These hips. I think it's Rita uh, Dove. That's why I think Lucille Clifton. Oh, is it Clifton? Okay. Well, I think so. Yeah. A really good poem. Um, so you mentioned Maxine Kuhn. I had the, um, well, I haven't, of course, met Maxine, but I had a professor at Westminster. Um, I was studying poetry a few years ago there, just took a class, and um, she was a good friend of Maxine's. And it kind of set me down a rabbit hole as, right, when, when you hear different names and um, you're reminded of, of uh, distilled poetry that, that really speaks to you. Anyway, I have a quote here that leads to my next question. 
So the uh, the Maxine Kuhlman quote I have is, um, quote, the garden has to be tended every day, just as the horses have to be tended to, not just every day, but morning, noon, and night. The writing, I think, exerts the same kind of discipline. Working is good. I wouldn't trade this life for any other. So on that note, I'd like to ask uh, both of you uh, if you would like to share with us your writing process. You have do you have like little notes, little notebooks? Do you do you keep phrases in your cell phone? Do you write longhand? Do you do longhand into tech? Like, if if you don't mind sharing, like your poetry writing process. Sure. Um, should I go first, or Abby? Did you want to go for it? So I use the Notes app on my phone a lot, just for when I'm out and about, and I have a. A lot of times, it'll be just a phrase come to mind. Or just a thought that I want to explore more. Sometimes I'll have a more like just embodied poem come that I just try to get out. But sometimes it's more a thought or a phrase that I want to return to later. But I use my notes app a lot for my poems. And then I also have a notebook where as I'm reading poetry and writing and studying poetry, I'll I'll write, you know, out longhand in my notebook the poems that really mean a lot to me. I think that just writing down the poems, there's something about just that process of like writing down the poems of other people that kind of helps me to just think more like a poet, I guess. So that's something that I do that's really helpful. And anytime I sit down to write, even if I'm working on my my fiction, um, I always start by reading a couple of poems. Because I feel like there's something about reading a poem that really focuses my mind on the power of language and, you know, on that kind of line by line level, really like distills, you know, the power of words and language and just helps focus my mind on words and language and writing. So I always start any writing that I do by reading a couple of poems. That's cool. Nice. Um, okay. Uh, thank you for your, your thoughts on your processes and i um, interested in, in Abby's thoughts now. Yeah, I, I agree um, on the, you know, reading to write for sure. Um, I think that's a way of, of um, kind of learning the language of poetry and, and also seeing what's possible. Um, I'm definitely a pencil and paper person. Um, that's how I begin. Uh, often for me, it might be words and phrases that I jot down. Um, but sometimes to get started, what's helpful for me is to do um, some kind of formal prompt or um, exercise. I have a, a book of blackout poems, you know, that's uh, a collection of excerpts from all sorts of different kinds of publications and the ideas that you you know you black out particular words to make a uh, make something new and that is a helpful way for me to kind of get the juices flowing and then maybe go in a different direction um i also find it um interesting uh, an interesting practice to do um to take a poem that I really love or that I am trying to figure out or understand and to 
try to write a version of it. You know, if it if it's all in couplets, and if this couplet mentions a place, and this next one has a question in it, you know, to follow the same form, mm-hmm. even with you know completely different content, mm-hmm. uh, that that has often either generated a um, a new poem or just the seed of something that's completely different. Um, As of what both of you guys are sharing. Um, uh, so Janessa, I loved how you shared that you read poetry before you you start your writing, right? You you read a few poems, and then um, uh, I like what you're saying, Abby, about um, just uh, the concept of how poetry can be so enlightening. It can it can help us move us to different places. Um, I love I love the the thoughts that we're sharing here. I feel like also the poets, uh, those of you that might be listening, interesting uh, interested in in starting your own adventure in writing poetry that you're getting some tips from the greatest here. <laughs> so, um, Okay, so uh, we're going to move on to the next question. What are your thoughts on women's voices in literature? Um, so we can uh, consider the spiritual realms, um, LDS literature or um, other literature, um, conversations of Heavenly Mother, uh, Emma Smith, Carolyn Pearson, um, and others. No, just throw it, throwing those ideas out there. And if, if we need a few minutes to talk, to think, then we could also, uh, you could, I, I would love to invite both of you to read your poems as well. So should we do, maybe we do that? <laughs> um, would that sound okay? Sure. Sure. And then we can think on the question of, of maybe how women's voices, do they resonate and, and do they, how do they, do you feel like there is, um, an audience, uh, for poetry, LDS poetry, and then in that audience of LDS poetry, uh, would there be you know, w- women's voices and, and how are they being heard and, and what more can we do to support those? So um, let's start with Janessa, if that's okay. Um, sure. Her poem that we're, we'll be publishing is uh, called Transition. Okay. Transition. Soon the deer will leave the mountains, search our garden for vegetation, bite the tops of tea roses, their teeth leaving scars. In the yard, the ash tree drops leaves into the browning grass. My husband rakes around each rose, making brittle beds of insulation against the winter cold. Frost turns tender stems black. Rootstock retreats inside itself. Late petals fall to the ground, bruising. I don't know which way to grow. I love that so much. (laughs) So um, you both likely know that Liz Garcia, the prior poetry editor, um, was the one who reviewed your poems and accepted them. And uh, But upon reading them both, they were like opening a gift. Uh, both of them were. And I had the choice of who I could ask. So anyway, I love opening <laughs> poems. <laughs> um, so I, I, love, I love many things that you're doing here. One is the use of alliteration, the brittle beds and the rootstocks retreat. Um, the sound coming off the tongue is really lovely. Um, I also like the phrasing of bite the tops off tea roses, their teeth leaving scars. And so for me, I'm feeling a juxtaposition of tea roses and then scars, which isn't that a rose? Like it's the soft petals with the the thorns, right? Which, and, and transition, uh, we could delve into what more that's about, like what layers are there, but um, just me as a reader, um, you know, seeing transition um, I joke about uh, being a mother of young children and how I had to leave Eden when my children became teenagers and young adults. 
and for me the 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 life of roses was when they were younger and and beloveds and they still are but uh they they just have different personalities and 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 they've grown and i've grown and we've all changed and um there might be some scars you know there might be some rough times that we've gone through but i just i just love how this poem for me feels very personal like not even having had met you um before this this night when i read it it felt very immediate um there was a texture to it. It, it, it. I I just I felt like I was wandering through a, a lovely uh, landscape. So I want to thank you. Uh, would you like to share anything, Abby or, or Janessa, about about the poem? Yeah, I mean, I love that you you picked up on the kind of contrast or duality of like the the scars, but then the the petals because this poem for me, the where it really came from, like what generated this poem was this experience I was having. Um, I, I had a couple of kids who had some pretty serious health issues that were that lasted a long time, and kind of coming towards the end of that, and kind of seeing us arrive at a place of healing. I was kind of surprised to find that I felt a lot of inner strength and resilience. I knew my strength more than I had ever really been aware of it before as a mother, but I also felt so tender and just so vulnerable at the same time. So I was trying to kind of explore that duality through roses. Beautiful job. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I feel enriched with both of these poems. Okay, uh, so jumping over to Abby, uh, would you mind sharing your lovely poem, Emma Stands at Her Doorway, Nauvoo, 1846? Thank you. Emma stands at her doorway, Nauvoo, 1846. Rinse out a rag while you stand at the door. There is no more ripe fruit at this point in the season. Those wagons that rise on the opposite bank are filled with what they hope won't rot, a risk to stay or to go. But what goes are rituals that brought you in and left you out, made you a rival. They will build their own kind of empire, as the river crossing ends another, a boundary, but not a fixed one. You are robed in your choice, weary of the romance of all things new, aching to root by this river and rest. Thank you. Um, uh, so just as Janessa and I spoke about duality in her poem, I see a little bit of that in yours as too, Abby, in, in your poem. Um, rents out the rag, so domestic domesticity is is just as a reader what I'm seeing, and um, and then you're also talking about um, they will build their own kind of empire, so uh, minute to uh, large scale, um, uh, unfixed boundaries, um, being robbed of choice, um, so it's very very personal um, and yet extensive in in looking outward and towards the future. Um, I also noticed the R's running all the way down the left side of. <laughs> Tell us more. <laughs> yeah, so um, the the genesis of this poem was a, a long, um, quite a few years ago, actually. I, I attended um, the 40th anniversary of the Midwest Pilgrims Retreat, which is a uh, kind of Mormon feminist gathering that was being held in Nauvoo. And I'd never gone to one before, but um, I grew up about two hours from Nauvoo in Iowa, and so had been had been there many times. Um, but we had never gone to any of the Community of Christ 
um, sites growing up. And I, I honestly don't know if that's because they weren't operational in the 80s or if my parents just didn't take us there. Um, but um, I went um, to um, um, part of the um, the retreat was held at the Nauvoo house, which is uh, where Emma lived uh, then with um, Louis Bitterman after, um, you know, um, the exodus. And I was just thinking about her in that home, looking out and seeing, you know, her community pack up wagons and pull out across that river. And I, I honestly hadn't thought a whole lot about the people who stayed behind and particularly her, what that, um, what that would have meant. And so that's sort of the, had been knocking around in my brain for a long time. Um, and then I'd been reading a book by Solmaz Sharif called Look. And in that, um, uh, she incorporates um, a lot of entries from the Department of Defense's uh, definitions of military terms. Uh, and sometimes she's taking lists of words from the dictionary and then um, uh, writing poems about her own family's experience um, following warfare in, uh, in Afghanistan and Iraq. Um, She's of, of Iranian descent. And so um, it was really interesting to that juxtaposition. And this is an example of how I was like, that's an interesting way to get into a poem, to pick words from the dictionary. And so I knew I wanted River to be in this poem uh, because I I love the Mississippi and uh so I went to the Merriam-Webster and I started with river and I picked about 10 words, you know, on either side mm -hmm. and, uh, and then use those as the, the first line, uh, the first word in each line of the poem. So cool. I, I like how uh, you're using, you, you used a dictionary then to kind of uh, point a direction in your writing. Um, there, from the discussions we've had tonight, there are so many uh, ways we can be influenced uh, in our directions when we write, um, and so many prompts we can use. And, um, I just feel so rich, uh, with all the opportunities that we have to share poetry and to enjoy it. Um, I'm going to fast forward, um, uh, due to time and, um, jump forward to our last question or two. Um, what are your current and upcoming projects? Uh, Janessa, would you like to share anything? Sure. So I have an another poem coming out with the Women's Exponent too, um, with Abby, <laughs> and um, an essay that will be coming out with them as well in the spring. Um, and I have a young adult novel that I have under contract with um, an agent, but I still need to be doing some revisions on that before that's ready to go out into the world. And in addition to that, I have my thesis, my creative thesis that I that I finished this last semester that I wanting to clean up and finish and get out there and we'll see what happens with it. Mm, that's exciting. You have lots of uh, pots on the stove. <laughs> lots of boiling, uh, yeah, pots. And um, that's lovely. And a uh, very dynamic writer, I, I would say. If you're writing teen, uh, yeah, teen work, 
PC's um, poetry uh, essay. So you're woman. Yeah, but, I mean, it's all just a way of like Abby was saying earlier, like processing experience and kind of learning about myself and how I fit into the world around me and all the different ways that I can express that and figure it out. That's that's wonderful. I, I feel a great sense of joy from you in oh, your ever so happy to share that. Um, and uh, what about yourself, Abby? Uh, upcoming, upcoming projects? Yeah, well, um, as we've mentioned, I'm, yeah, I'm the poetry editor at Exponent 2 and working with both of y'all, which is great. Um, and I I really enjoy that role um, because it is, it's wonderful to see a place, um, a publication that is a home to a, a really a breadth of experience of of poets who are widely published and people who are just saying like I've never done this before but this just kind of fell out of my hands and what do you think of it and uh so I I love um being a part of that kind of community and there is an open call right now um for the 50th anniversary of Exponent 2 uh so you know for folks that are thinking about um or have had experiences um, and and found a home and exponent to um, would love to see poetry and essay and remembrances um, for that anniversary. So I'm looking forward to to seeing what comes from that. Um, and personally, I'm working on some uh, new writing that's just taking shape. Uh, maybe something of a spiritual biography, but thinking about language and identity formation and um, kind of how we tell who we are over time um, and what um, what changes um, um, as we as we age or have new experiences um, and thinking a lot about, um, how to represent that outside of linear time, uh, sort of acknowledging that our our pasts are always with us in our present, um, as well as our what we're hoping for the future or who we who we will be when we step into that. So I'm gonna see what happens. Very cool. Okay. Um, thank you to both of you, Janessa. Thank you, uh, Abby. Thank you so much. I look forward to future conversations. Um, believe it or not, folks, this was our, our first conversation all together um, and hopefully not our last. So <laughs> um, thanks again, um, everyone. Uh, we want to thank all of our watchers and listeners. Um, please tune in to Dialogue. Uh, check us out online. We're on all the social media, uh, dialoguejournal.com. Um, check us out. And we also are doing a submission uh, for a family issue coming up next next year. Thanks again. This was Teresa Wellborn signing off. Thank you, Carol. Beyond the Block, part of the Dialogue Podcast Network, is a weekly Come Follow Me podcast that centers the marginalized in Mormonism. 
Join Brother Jones and Brother Knox, a Black Lifelong member and a queer convert theologian, respectively, as they read the scriptures through the lenses of their identities and others in an effort to bring the culture of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints closer and more in line with its theology, which centers Christ's justice and compassion. New episodes every Monday. Dialogue Podcast Network.